I don't know about anybody else, but I think I've been to church. Woo. What a morning, what a morning. Take your Bibles, please, and turn with me to John chapter 15. We've been there for a while, and uh, for those who are maybe new to our, our fellowship or gathering, let me just share, we've been on a journey for actually a long time, uh, looking at that last night that Jesus spent alone with his disciples. He knew where he was going. He knew he was about to be arrested. He knew he was going to be crucified. He knew all of this. And so he gathered these he loved together so very much. And he began to pour into them. He, he wanted them not to be troubled. In fact, chapter 14 says, let not your heart be troubled. He wanted to bring his peace into their lives. He, he wanted them to understand he was giving them his Holy Spirit to come. The best he could do would be, along, be alongside them. But through Holy Spirit, he could be within them. And so to illustrate that, as we start chapter 15, he gives us an incredible illustration of a grapevine, okay? And he talks that, he said, I am the true vine. I'm the true vine. Uh, I'm where you're to get your source from, your life source from. Any other vine out there is a substitute. It's not the real thing with me. I'm the true vine. And Father God is the vine dresser. He's the one who takes care of the vine and the branches. God the Father is the one because of His great love for His Son that He has such incredible love for you and I who grow out of His Son, who grow out of the vine. We are the branches. So we've been looking at that and just digging into these first few verses in, in uh, John chapter 15. Let's read over those one more time here this morning. Jesus says, I am the vine, the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. And look what he says. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit. We're going to talk about that branch in a few moments. Not, no fruit. He takes away, or that word also means lifts up. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. That word can also mean cleanse. It does in the next verse. He cleanses that it may make more fruit. And you are already clean, there's that word, because of the word which I have spoken you. Here's the key. Abide. Abide. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. And we learn what that word abide means. is to draw our very life source, our, our really essence and life itself to come flowing through the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 5, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Okay, you got no fruit, fruit, more fruit. Now, much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Without me, you can do nothing. Jump over to verse 8 for a moment. By this is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, abundance of fruit. And so you will be my disciples. Now jump down to verse 16, if you will. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. That's that still word abide or lasting here. That whatever you ask in my Father's, in my name, he will give it to you. <coughs> let's, let's let these tie together. Will you pray with me? Holy Spirit, I just ask you to come in a very special way to us right now and allow your word just to jump off the page and speak right into the depths of our heart. We need you. We have worshipped you in song, we've worshipped you in giving and in prayer, in praise and thanksgiving, and now we want to worship you around your word. Speak to us, Lord, as only you can, in Christ's name. Amen. 
Now, even just a cursory reading of this chapter, you hear a lot of this stuff about fruit and about bearing fruit. That's what we want to talk about today. But I want you to see it in a progression. Because he starts with the branch, and who are the branches? We are the branches, those of us who are believers in Jesus Christ. We've given our heart to him. We've asked him to come into our lives, to forgive us of our sins. We've made him the Lord, the boss, the king, the ruler of our lives. And so because of that, we're abiding in him. We're drawing our life source, our life energy from him. <clears throat> so there's a progression here. <coughs> Forgive me, I'm getting over a cold. The progression goes from no fruit, you see in verse 2, also in verse 2, to there being fruit, and then there being more fruit, and then there being much fruit, and then there being lasting fruit. So I want to look at these this morning. Let them unfold beyond us. The purpose of the branch is to produce fruit. Okay, That's why the analogy, Jesus is the vine, we grow out of Him, and as we're abiding in Him, as we're drawing that life energy and life source from Him, what happens is we begin to produce fruit. We're going to talk about what that is in just a few moments. But for right now, I want us to look at these quantities. First of all, verse 2 says, there are some branches that bear no fruit. Okay, now here's what I want you to know. Jesus Christ does not have you on a quota that if you don't bear at least 10 pieces of fruit, he lops you off and throws you away. All right, that's not what this is about. Okay, the picture here is a branch, someone who's genuinely in the vine, genuinely a believer, but for whatever reason, it's not producing fruit. So what would a loving vine dresser do? What would a loving farmer, a lover agrarian what would they do? They would come here and they would say, what's wrong with this branch? And oftentimes what's the case is this branch, you know, the branches of, of, of a grapevine are not very strong in and of themselves, especially when they're young. And they tend to fall over. And when they fall over, they get into the dirt, they get stepped on, and, and, and they, they can't produce, okay? So the scripture here tells us that the vine dresser will come and lift that vine up and will cleanse that vine and weave that vine into the trellis with the other branches. And then it can get the sunshine, then it can get the sap coming up underneath, and then it can be productive. <coughs> so, the branch that falls, that has no fruit, this loving God of yours, this loving God of yours doesn't cut you off. But He comes and finds you. Many times I've fallen down into the dirt in this world and I've gotten back into my old way of living and I've forgotten to do some of the things that God would have me to do. I've stopped the disciplines that have made me strong in the Lord. An old, old Baptist word for that is backslidden. I've gotten backslidden. But does the Lord come and cut me off and throw me away? No, He comes and He lifts me up. He cleanses me. He gets me back into the body, back into the disciplines to where I can be drawing my strength and my, my energy and my abilities from God again. And then I can produce fruit. So that you go from the no fruit. Okay, Some of you may be here today and say, I know I'm a believer, Brother Fred. I know, I know Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, but I honestly don't see any of Christ's character in my life. I've seen no changes in my life. I've seen nothing that really makes me sure that God is really the boss in my life. Okay, so you're here at the no fruit place. Okay, Listen, don't be discouraged. Your loving God, the vine dresser, wants to come this morning, lift you up from wherever you are, However, you're not drawing your sustenance and your strength and your source from God. 
to cleanse you up and get you back into the trellis. He wants to do everything possible to make it possible for you to bear fruit. Then it steps to the next that he said, well, some, what about these that are bearing fruit? Well, then the loving vine dresser comes along and he looks at that and he says, well, you got fruit coming here, but there's an awful lot of stuff that's sapping the energy out of your branch. There, there's some things that are, that are sucking the very lifeblood out of you. And I've learned from a lot of you who really are good, good farmers and you grow tomatoes. When as your tomatoes are beginning to grow up, some of the little, little shoots go off to the side and, and you come along there and you cut those off. Why? They're known as suckers. And, and, and you can tell because of where they're growing and how they're growing, they're never going to produce tomatoes. They're never going to produce fruit. But what are they going to do? They're going to produce a lot of foliage. They're going to produce a lot of leaves. But they're not going to produce fruit. So being wise the way you are and how you know how to grow those tomatoes, you'll pinch or you'll cut those suckers off. And that way all of the energy and the sap that comes up to the vine will go out through those branches that indeed will be creating good fruit, good tomatoes. So Jesus, the Father comes along looking at the vine that is Jesus. He looks at this branch coming out that's you. He says, well, I see that you've got some fruit growing right here, but here's what I see. There's something in your life that is sapping your spiritual energy, that's sapping your strength, that's taking all of your attention, and you're not being able to abide completely in me and in the vine. This is something that needs to be removed. It may be a relationship. It may be a goal in your life. It may be an illness. It could be any number of different things. But what is it that is sapping your spiritual energy that keeps you from being able to produce the fruit that you know God wants in your life? Holy Spirit is saying, look, this is something we need to deal with today. This is something you let the Father, you trust the Father, and He can remove this. Yes, it may hurt a little bit, but He can remove this. And that way you can go from producing fruit to producing more fruit. God wants us to be fruitful. The purpose here that he has for us is to produce more fruit. We're going to find out more about what that is in a few moments. But then, when we are abiding in him and he's abiding in us, when we're really drawing our life energy from him, when we're finding our sustenance and our reason for living and our purpose for being in him, then an amazing thing happens. Rather than producing just fruit, we begin to produce an abundance of fruit bunches and bunches of fruit. Jesus said in John 10, 10, the latter part of that verse, He said, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more, what? Abundantly. This is that word. This is that concept. That you would have mega fruit. That you'd produce all kinds of fruit. And then He tells us later that not only is that fruit going to be phenomenal in its quality, Phenomenal in its quality, but it's going to be phenomenal in that it remains. It lasts. It won't disappear on you. This is the promise of the Scriptures. So here's what God's doing here today. He's saying, I've got you here today. I've got my family gathered together. We're coming to the Word. Let me tell you how I need to work in your life. If you're one of my no-fruit branches, here's what we want to do. need to cleanse you up. need to get you to where you can be productive. If you're just producing some fruit, we're going to look and see if there's some things in your life that maybe I need to remove to where you can produce more fruit and much more fruit and an abundance of fruit and it be the fruit that remains. If that's what you want in your life, you're probably saying, okay, Brother Fred, let's get at it. Let's have some of this fruit coming on. Well, before you go popping a twig on me or whatever here, let's think a little bit about what this means. 
fruit is the character of Christ growing in my life and yours. Fruit is the character of Christ growing in my life and yours. As you abide in Jesus, as you take your life source, the, the sap of who He is is flowing up in and through you, then He begins to change our character and we become to reflect Him more and more and more. That's something that, that some people will try to, to do artificially. You know, there are people that can put on a real good show that look like they're really, you know, really got it all together, and, and they're, they're, they, they, it's an artificial kind of fruit. I tell you, real spiritual fruit is not something that you can make on your own. What does Jesus say is the responsibility of the branch? Not his expectation, but the responsibility of the branch. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Abide in me. Abide in me, and I will produce the fruit. If my life is all about drawing my, my identity and my strength and who I am and my purpose from life is being in Him and Him being in me, then He will take care of the character change as we go. That's the key. It's not a matter of us artificially creating, you know, patience or godliness or any of those kind of things. It's the natural outgrowth of Him being in us. That's the, that's the crazy stuff. We just have to learn how to abide in Him. Now, can I pause here for just for a moment and share with you, that's what our FBU is about. And we're starting not tonight, but next Sunday night. And we've got these four classes that they're going to run all year long. You can get one, then another one, then another one, then another one. And these four classes are very basic. They're for people who are brand new believers in Christ. Or they're also for people who are just getting started on wanting to seriously be Christ followers in their lives. And it's to form a great foundation of how they can grow and how this real abiding can happen. Uh, the first one is one that, uh, well, not necessarily first, but one of them is one that my wife and I are teaching. And we're just calling it Welcome to the Bible. Uh, my wife had the great privilege, as some of you did, of growing up in church. And so she grew up with all the lessons of the Bible and knowing the books of the Bible and such as that. Not me. I didn't grow up in church whatsoever. So when I first came to church and heard the gospel, I knew it was somewhere in this book, but I had no idea where to find it. And many of us have no idea how this book is laid out or how to find our way around in it. It is just a huge, phenomenal Wow, I don't know what to do with this book in my hand. So we're going to say, okay, welcome to the Bible. Let us, let us help you understand how the Bible is laid out, how to find your way around in it, what's, what's the, the things the Lord wants you to do, what's the wonderful history of this Bible as we've got together, and it's all fun. Another course that we're offering is this, it's basic next steps. Say, so, okay, Brother Fred, I'm a new believer in Christ. Now what do I do? Well, this course, eight weeks long, and you come in, it's the very basics of taking first steps as a believer in Christ. Or if you're just really wanting to get serious about starting your discipleship, and you've never, you've never had anybody to disciple you. Listen, I, I had been through college, seminary, and was in my second pastorate, third pastorate actually, as a matter of fact, before I realized I had never had anybody to disciple me and help me understand the real basics of how to grow in Christ. 
And so I had to humble myself and, and put myself under somebody that could show me what it is to be a Christ follower, a genuine disciple. So we're offering the next steps and also we're offering Discipleship 101, which is about our disciples' cross. And that's how we begin uh, our disciple walk around here at First Baptist Church. And then there's another course that is really a lot of fun. Uh, I got to write this. I'm participating with Al as he's presenting it. And this is called Discovering Your Shape for Ministry. God's uniquely shaped you with your spiritual gifts, your heart, your abilities, your personality, and your experiences. He's pulled all those together to shape you to be the person you are to where he can put you into ministry in a particular place that's just for you. And so this course is about enjoying and finding out who you are and how you can be most effective being engaged in ministry. These four courses are going to be offered all year long. We'll have five weeks of regular Sunday night church, and this is coming to the end of it now, and then eight weeks of FBU, five weeks of regular church, eight weeks of FBU. We're going to have a great time together. Go to the website, www.fbcvision.com. Go to the FBC tile. You'll see it right there on the very front of the page. Hit there, tell you more about these, who's teaching them, and then sign up for one, okay? Sign up for one this quarter, another one next quarter, another one next quarter. We want you to have the experience to do this. And what is this about? It's helping you to understand what does it mean to abide in Christ. How do I abide and draw my strength and my power and my source from Him? And it's for everybody. So, what is all this <coughs> fruit about we keep talking about? Well, some of it is listed right here in this 15th chapter. When I am abiding in Christ, when I'm drawing my strength, my life energy, my very source from Him. One of the results is, I have answered prayer, verse 7. The Bible says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you can ask what you will and it will be done to you. This is important. Answered prayer is uh, part of the fruit of the Spirit. When you go on down to verse 9, having a passionate love for God is something that grows out of abiding in Him. Look, when you spend time with Him and you're growing in your faith in Him as His, as His source is flowing up through you, your love for Him just begins to explode. And not only the, the love for Him, but verse 10 tells us our obedience does. You know, you obey somebody that you love. If somebody has your best interest at heart says, now, here's what I want for you, then it's so much easier to obey somebody that we have no question about His love for us. His absolute Reckless abandon for us. But I want to get a little more specific than that. So I've talked with our other ministers and said, you know, what are some things that we can kind of share with our folks that is how God has grown fruit in our lives that is totally not natural, okay? Totally, totally not natural. And so there's a few things I want to share, mostly about from me, but they're, they're from others on the staff as well. You may find this hard to believe because I'm not the man now that I was, you know, years and years ago before the Lord got a hold of me. But by nature, I am an incredibly shy and withdrawn individual. Don't laugh. I see some of you even now. That is who I was. I was the kind of guy that, you know, I hung back. You know, I would just as soon not go out to recess. You know, I was the guy that when you had to do the poem or you had to read the thing in, in class, that I would be the last one unless the, the teacher forced me to do otherwise. Very, very, very quiet, withdrawn. Now, because of that, as when I was adopted into my Marine Corps uh, father's home, uh, he began to try to push me out of that shell. And the way he did that really was in a very violent kind of way and, and being quite aggressive and a lot of rage and a lot of, a lot of fisticuffs and things like this. 
Now, I would want to be shy, leave me alone, but if I was forced out in the open, I did that with these, okay? So, it was, it was part of all my messed up life. But here's the thing. For Christ prompted a faith in himself. And then, did you know God has a sense of humor? God has an incredible sense of humor. So he takes this shy teenage boy who's been in and out of a lot of trouble on all the bases he's ever lived on, and he says, I want you to be a preacher. I said, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I don't even want to give a report in public. And you're asking me to come and to be a preacher, a proclaimer of the Word of God. I said, yeah, that's exactly what you're going to do. I said, you're going to have to make that happen. Let me tell you something. That's fruit grown in my life. Any confidence I have before you, any, any, any eloquence, anything like that I have, these are God-given things that He has given me. This is not my natural me, okay? The natural me would rather be sitting on the back row and letting somebody else do this, all right? That's the natural me. But God says, I'm calling you, and I don't call you to do anything that I don't equip you to do. So He began to give me a boldness, but the boldness is in Him. Listen, I want you to know something. There's never a time I stand before you that my knees are not knocking. That I am not petrified before God. Okay? Because this is a holy and incredible, awesome thing God has called me to do. And I cannot do it in my own strength. I cannot do it in my own power and charisma. I am lost without His anointing. And I have told my sons, who all three stand behind a sacred desk as well, if you ever get up there and your knees are not knocking and you don't have butterflies in your stomach, resign. You must have holy fear to speak, thus saith the Lord. But that's something that God has naturally grown in me. In those early days, when my pastor handed me a, a Bible and, and he had it marked about where to go through in there, he said, look, go and find your friends and tell your friends about, about what's happened to you. Remember, I'm shy. I said, God, I can't do this. I can't do this. But he says, no, you can't do this, but I can do this through you. And say, so I took, I took breath, a deep breath and I went and I talked to my friend George. Told George what had happened to me. Took him through the Bible the same way the pastor had taken me through the Bible. He said, Fred, I need some of that. So I said, well, come on, let me... I had the prayer written down in the back. So I know exactly what to say here. It says right here, you know. I want you to know the boldness to share your faith. The boldness to share the Gospel is not something you're going to come up with naturally. That's the fruit of Holy Spirit that grows in you as you're abiding in Him and you find His boldness and the love that He's given from Him and then it begins to grow right out of you. That's what we're talking about. It is unnatural for us to be forgiving. It's unnatural for us to be forgiving entities. We, we don't forgive, we get even. No, we don't. We get ahead. That's what's natural for us. And some of you like me have had, had deep, deep pains in your past that go back to your early childhood and all through your teens. You've had betrayals and you've had relationships that's fallen apart and all of those painful things that can happen to you. Listen, it's not natural to forgive. But when you come and you're drawing your strength from someone who has forgiven you for more than anybody else has ever, ever done, the one who hung on the cross and looked at those who were putting the nails in His hands and nails in His feet, and He says, Father, forgive them. That God is now the one who's putting the sap and the spiritual strength 
and the power within you to do what is totally unnatural and impossible, and that's to forgive those who hurt you. You see what I'm talking about? This is fruit. This is a character of Christ that begins to grow through us when we have abided in Him. When our focus is just living in Him. Nothing else. And it's not a matter of me looking out there in the limb of my life and trying to strain and bust a twig trying to get some fruit to drop. It's not about that. Jesus says you're looking the wrong way. Look to the vine. Look to where you're abiding and attached in me. You're drawing your power and your source from me. Focus on me. And as you're focusing on me, I'll take care of the fruit. The focus is on me. Got to draw this together. Our time's gone. Some of you here this morning, you're in the no fruit, fruit, more fruit, much fruit, lasting fruit. You're somewhere along that continuum. Let me just appeal to you right now. If you don't know what I'm talking about, if you don't know what it means to abide in Christ, let me share with you a gospel story that I had received to me years ago when I was in church for the first time in my life. The pastor talked about a God who knew me better than I knew myself. And even though He knew me absolutely, He loved me anyway. He loved me so much that He took my sin, my shame upon Himself when He died on the cross. And He rose again three days later so that I might have His life flowing through me. His eternal life flowing through me. What I had to do was simply confess my sin to Him. Ask Him to come into my heart. Tell Him I dare to believe in what He's done to me. That I want a new boss. I want Him to be the King and the Master of my life. And I want you to know that morning I knew nothing. I knew nothing about what this meant. But I knew this was a gospel I had to receive. This was good news I had to embrace. And I came to an altar and I knelt there in tears and I had not cried in years. But I knelt there in tears and the pastor came and said, Son, what's going on in your life? I said, I don't know, but I've got to get out of this blankety-blankety-blank place. <laughs> he said, no, son, you're just where you're supposed to be. Because Jesus Christ is working on your heart right now. And He wants to revolutionize your life. And He began that process that day. And He's here to begin that process in your life now. In just a few moments, our ministers are going to come stand right here at the front. Our praise team is going to begin a time of closing song. But it's a special song. It's an invitation song. Because Holy Spirit is inviting you to say yes to Him. To, to invite Him to come into your heart. To graft you into His vine and begin to grow His character in your life. It begins with you just simply praying, Dear God, I want You in my life. I want to turn away from my way of doing things and turn my life completely over to You. If you're there, in just a moment, come. Take our ministers by the hand. Let them lead you in that way. Maybe you're already a believer in Christ, but like I said earlier, you're one of those that's fallen away from following Him. You've fallen away from the things that God wants to do with your life. You found yourself trampled on and in the dirt and back where you used to be. Maybe you need to come this morning and kneel at the altar and say, God, lift me up. Clean me off. Reinstill in me that joy of my salvation and get me back where I can be productive. Maybe there's something in your life that God knows and He's telling you right now He needs to snip off your life. Maybe it's an unforgiving spirit. 
Maybe it's some pain you haven't dealt with yet. Maybe it's a secret sin that you just don't want to let go of. And it's sapping you of your spiritual strength. In the next few moments, you can come to the altar and say, God, I want to deal with this with you right now. Maybe you want to join our fellowship. The doors are going to be open. Goody's going to be right over here. Derek's going to be right here. I'm going to be here praying for you. So as we begin in this song, I want this to be your time of, of your invitation to say yes to God. It's about these next few moments. Nothing else is important than these next few moments. You bow your head and pray with me. Father God, I ask your Holy Spirit to throw your net upon everybody here today. Draw those that need to accept you as their Lord and Savior. Draw those who need to come to the altar and just pray. Draw those who need to associate with our church now. Lord, this is your time. You be honored. In the name of our living Christ, we pray. Amen. You stand.